Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. It's launch week and teams line up to show off their new colours. V8 supercars roll on at the Grand Prix and Lowndes talks about his 12-hour victory. Uh, again, just uh, I'm just very thankful that uh, the time ran out and we didn't have another lap to go because uh, I was doing all my best, obviously uh, running all in the inside lines, um, making uh, Mercedes to go around the long way and uh, thankfully we had enough. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insider. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Here is the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range today at www.nobrac.com.au. Jason Brights has said that although being knocked out for two and a half minutes, he'll be okay for this week's V8 supercar test day at Sydney's Motorsport Park. Can't see any drivers getting to that. Um, yeah, even, you know, even with my ankle at the moment, I'm sure if I was in the car with the adrenaline, I wouldn't feel it. We have the full interview with Jason Bright at the end of this news segment. Craig Lowndes has won the 12-hour at Bathurst driving with Mika Salo, John Bow and Peter Edwards in a Ferrari. The most popular driver in V8 said that driving on the newly resurfaced track with his Triple Eight engineer, JJ Moore, will hopefully give them a better insight on what might occur in October. Well, I hope so. That was in the back of our minds, but, uh, you know, look, JJ wanted to be involved. Marinello wanted, wanted someone to help with their strategies a bit more than what they've had. Um, JJ was willing, and of course, yeah, in the back, you know, secretly, yeah, we wanted to come and have a look at the circuit. Um, you know, there's no doubt about that. I think that, you know, Will, Bridey, you know, Luffy, you know, all those guys that, uh, you know, probably, I'm sure, I'm sure would have been the same vote. We hear from Jeremy Moore on this week's White Flag Lab. Will Davison finished third in the 12-hour, and he was also working with his V8 engineer. Davison said it was one of the real important parts of the weekend for him, getting to know his engineer in a race situation. It was actually, which was, yeah, really beneficial. So obviously very new relationship. So he ran our car, engineered us all weekend. So that definitely, definitely helps our relationship going into the V8 season. You know, we've, we've been through a lot already the last four or five days, you know, some of the emotions you go through. And obviously it's not very different engineering. But uh, a lot of the emotions in the heat of the battle, um, so it's uh, definitely a definitely very, very beneficial start to the year for me. V8 Supercars have announced that they'll have double file rolling starts and restarts at this year's Australian Grand Prix. The four-race format continues this year. Dick Johnson's Wilson Security Squad launched at Queensland's Lakeside Raceway this week, whilst in Melbourne, the very bright Norton Hornet was also unveiled. Bathurst was the launching pad for HRT while Volvo took their covers off 
in Sydney's Rocks area. Finally, V8X magazine is on sale now with a Clipsal event preview and the history of the Clipsal and V8 supercars at the Adelaide Grand Prix, as well as the new columnist Gary Rogers. And we find out what happened to the tracks that are no longer in the V8 supercar calendar. It's on sale now in stores, online, and check out the great new V8X app at v8x.com.au. On this week's roundtable, John Bannon and Stefan Bartholomeus will look at the 12-hour and what to expect at the test day. Well, Jason brought up here first, endurance race in the GTs. Uh, Le Mans was a tough race, but you got through it, unfortunately. Second outing here at the Bathurst 12-hour, didn't even get to the start. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a little bit disappointing. The Audi was going to be a reasonable shot for the race here, but, you know, it stepped out on me, up, you know, once I reached the top of the hill there, and, you know, it stepped out a couple of other times, and I thought we'd sort of fix the problem and, yeah, just let go and got a bit of a passenger after that. You were sitting in the middle of the track for such a long time with cars screaming past. Did, uh, were you worried about the way they were coming at you? I was unconscious. So, yeah, I don't remember any of that. I, was, uh, I think I was out for two minutes, so, um, yeah. Luckily, I'll, if, I was, if I was conscious, I reckon it would have been uh, a little bit full-on sitting in the middle of the track like that. I've seen the footage afterwards, but, yeah, uh, fortunately I was, uh, I was out to it for, for, I think, you know, two minutes, they said. Spend the night in hospital, uh, but you're up and about today. How, how's the body feeling? Uh, all right, yeah, I mean, they actually released me last night, so I sort of got to spend the night in the hotel room, and my ankle's a bit sore, my, my head's a bit sore when I sneeze, but, uh, yeah, on the whole, I'm, I'm pretty good considering. And of course, test day next weekend, you'll be right for that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, think, I can't see any drivers getting to that. Um, yeah, even, you know, even with my ankle at the moment, I'm sure if I was in the car with the adrenaline, I wouldn't feel it. All right, well, all the best for uh, next week. Cool, cheers. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders, brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out their entire range today at www.nobrac.com.au. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me, Craig Ravel, is Stefan Bartholomeus from Speed Cafe. Good evening, Stefan. G'day, Craig. You're getting better at that pronunciation every time. Oh, I'm glad I've been proving one person's name on this show. John Bannon, I don't have the same trouble with yours. From VADX Magazine, it's, uh, well, it's hotting up ahead of the test day. Indeed, it is, Craig. Hello, uh, Stefan and uh, Craig. Uh, yeah, it's exciting talk about it, Supercar fans, isn't it? Uh, new season beginning, new drivers, new teams. Uh, a chance to uh, take a, a top 
title of Jamie Wincup, uh, plenty to look forward to. Do you think, Stefan, anyone's going to take the title from Jamie Wincup? Oh, you've uh, wasted no time rolling out the big question there. Um, I'd certainly not like to roll it out in uh, in February, put it that way. But uh, yeah, it's hard to hard to know at this point. Obviously, uh, there's some pretty serious players there with MDR and Walkinshaw Racing that are spending good dollars, and then you've got Nissan and Erebus that should be stronger than last year. So um, that combined with uh, competition within Triple Eight should uh, provide a pretty good show. John, I'll go the same question to you. Well, I think, if anything, Jamie's probably in a stronger position this year. We've uh, had the year of the car of the future. We've had these new teams in. Uh, Everyone knows what's going on now. He's familiar with the machinery. Perhaps that EVE-level playing field that they they started with um, last year is probably... Not quite the same now, and maybe Triple Eight actually potentially going to this year have a bigger advantage. So, uh, oh, I think it'll take some beating, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how the new partnerships are going to uh, pan out. Now, last weekend we all were at the twelve hours, uh, and we saw a lot of engineers from V8 Supercars going out there, Stefan, and and getting involved in the 12-hour race, and for someone like Will Davison particularly, he's learning, he's, uh, well, he's starting to build a relationship with a brand-new engineer for this season, and he saw that as an important, uh, an important stepping stone in their relationship because it's one thing to sit around the workshop and talk about what you want. It's another thing in the heat of the battle to know how you react. Yeah, and that um, engineering partnership is probably something that we should have talked about there with Jamie. Of course, um, Mark Dutton moving into the team manager role and uh, David Couchy um, moving back into the main Triple Eight fold to work with Jamie. So that's a big change there and something that might actually affect the way that car comes out of the blocks. But um, at the 12-hour, as you say, Will got to... Uh, got to work with his engineer, Luke Mason, for the first time. And to be honest, it was probably just even aside from, from that particular aspect of it, it was just a nice way for Will to debut Erebus. Very serious when you're on the track, but a more relaxed environment at the same time. Um, so for him to uh, to have a bit of fun up there before it, um, it gets even more serious in Sydney this weekend was a good thing. As far as the others go, like Jeremy Moore was there with Marinello working working with Craig Lowndes and... Eric Pender was, uh, was in the Nissan team. He was telling me that he was just observing and uh, not playing any sort of role, but uh, I'm sure someone of his experience would have been quite handy for that Nismo squad. So those guys, probably the relationship doesn't need to be built, but, um, yeah, it was uh, interesting to see those guys there anyway. Mm. And Phil Keed, uh, John Bannon, was one of those guys that was also there. He was working with Eric Banner and the, the car Eric Banner was in, just getting data about how the track might play out in October because the brand new surface was really looking a treat. It was indeed, uh, and obviously we had some uh, pretty impressive uh, time set uh, over the course of the, the weekend. Um, you know, new race record and, and and that sort of thing. So I, I mean, it's hard to know how much track played into that and how much it was just, um, the, I guess, the cornering. Speed and advantage uh, of those cars, but 
yeah, either way, uh, the track was a treat. It was a brilliant event. And uh, I, I can see this 12 hour just growing bigger and bigger each year. And you know, looking ahead, we've got the V8 supercars this year with, with 25 cars. Uh, you know, if a few go out early come October, it, it's going to look like a pretty lean field. So it, it's interesting how the 12 hour is, is developing. And, um, and, and certainly, uh, you know, revamps to the, to the track. And of course, the. The, the added safety improvements as well are, are part of that too. Mm. And, gee, didn't we see some cars getting torn up and, uh, you know, safety becoming the forefront of everyone's mind there, Stefan? Yeah, well, I guess in terms of field sizes, but we saw um, there was 14 or 15, depending on whether Roger Largo's Lambo was in or out of Class A, there was there was 14 or 15 Class A cars there and three of them got um, got trashed before the race and then, Another couple um, were out pretty early, so maybe there was sort of eight to ten Class A cars for most of that 12 hours, and yet it was an absolute cracking motor race. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. If, if the eight go up there with 25 cars, it might not be the uh, the drama that um, some of us think. Mm. One thing that did happen that I'd like to get both your opinions on is Jason Bright. He hit the wall extremely hard in an unusual spot, to say the least, uh, going up through the cutting there. And uh, he was knocked out for two and a half minutes. Now, we've seen a lot of concern in football codes about people being knocked out and whether they're right to play the next week. Of course, uh, Jason couldn't race the next day because of the damage on the car, but he is going to jump into his V8 supercar at the test day this weekend. John, do you have an opinion about whether there should be some mandatory rules on uh, concussions and when you're allowed to get back into the car? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's crazy. I think you shouldn't be allowed um, back in the car. Uh, some people might think that's a, a bit of a conservative opinion uh, and... Maybe that's true, uh, but you, you're dead right, Craig. Uh, in terms of the football codes, I mean, they have these sort of rules in place. And at, at the end of the day, when, when you're dealing with concussion, you know, you're dealing with, with the brain, and, and it's important that uh, you know that is taken very seriously, looked after, managed. But I can see from the team point of view, they've got a, a year ahead. They've got this one test day to to shake down this car and work out. Uh, how to get it right, Crystal, uh, and they want their their number one man there. But, you know, another way of looking at it is they could throw someone in it who they're looking to use for the Enduros this year and do the same work on the car. So, I mean, right, he's hardly new to the sport. Uh, he knows how to drive the car. Is it essentially there on the test day? Well, I'm sure he'll give great feedback because of his experience. But uh, is it a safety concern? Oh, I think it is a little bit, yeah. Stefan, his his right ankle was extremely sore. He uh, injured that as well. But he, as everyone heard in the uh, in the interview we did with him, he said, "Well, the adrenaline would uh, certainly fix that. Were he able to race on Sunday?" Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if I uh, have a particularly strong opinion on whether he should be allowed in the car this uh, Saturday at Sydney Motorsport Park. It's one of those things, as you say, this has been a pretty hot topic in uh, in a lot of the sporting world. If you look at things like NFL and also also rugby worldwide, um, a lot of people have commented on it. And I don't have a medical degree hanging on my wall, so I'm not sure uh, I'm the best place to, to say anything other than the fact that um, if those sort of uh, issues were really clamped down on, then 
I think we'd see a lot less V8 supercar drivers be able to race in the 12-hour, which would be a bad thing for motor racing. Interestingly enough, the only uh, the only parallel you can draw is Dale Earnhardt Jr. set out three races last year after concussions. So, uh, you know, that's that's the most popular driver in NASCAR saying, I'd rather miss a couple of races than have my bell rung again too soon. Yeah, and that was obviously done. That was obviously done on medical advice, um, particular to his situation. And with with these things, concussions are different for different people and and different for different shunts, obviously. So um, that was a very particular case. Mm. John, well, I mean, Stefan's right there. You know, in all these decisions, I'm sure that Jason has sought advice uh, from medical experts. Uh, but but they are separate issues. I mean, one side of it is well, what advice has Jason got from medical experts? But also the second issue is what rules are in place regarding uh, concussion and, and that sort of thing in VA supercars. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if you know what the rules are. Um, but is it something to be considered or looked into? Yep, it's one that uh, we'll certainly be following. But uh, good news is that Jason was released from hospital on Saturday night. He had the uh, CAT scans and and everything there, and it all showed up. Uh, it all showed up pretty well. But uh, it was a very scary incident, and one of a number we saw at the Bathurst 12 Hour. We need to take a break here on the Vat Insiders, but there's plenty more when we return. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. John Bannon and Stefan Bartholomeus joining us here on the V8 Insiders with me, Craig Revell. And uh, Stefan... Launch week for a radio show, it's not the most exciting week, but does it still have relevance out there in the general media landscape? Well, it's um, certainly in Speed Cafe world, it's, uh, it's a week full of free kicks because you don't have to work that hard to post an image of a, of a race car and get a lot of clicks out of it. So uh, it's happy days for us. But, um, yeah, obviously the teams uh, work pretty hard at getting the maximum exposure they can in the in the general news media and, and uh, like for your radio show, I guess um, just the slightly tweaked paint scheme doesn't get a lot of penetration. So um, there's not a lot of actual launch events this year. A lot of people just sending their uh, first images out via email and letting uh, the internet take care of it. So yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of whether it's an important part of the season, well, I guess it's never been uh, never been all that important. Once the cars get on track, that's when the when the real stuff happens. But um, yeah, at this time of the year, the fans just want to see some shiny new cars, and uh, that's what we'll be giving them over the next couple of days. John, you you understand the marketing side of these things. How, how important is it for a team to be able to break through and get their message out on what the car's going to look like? And obviously, when we're talking about some of these bigger companies, they're wanting as much reach and exposure as they can grab. Well, of course, they want um, best bang for their buck in terms of uh, sponsors. They want to make sure they're 
the sponsor name uh, gets out there. And as Stefan says, I mean, that happens to a degree by them emailing through the pictures. They go straight up online or into the, the magazines, and, uh, and that's that. So they get ex- exposure that way. But I think from a journalist standpoint, uh, where the interest has really come in, is uh, finalising uh, this 25-car grid uh, for this year. And obviously, in recent days and, and weeks, we've heard that uh, Russell Ingall is, is confirmed at Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. Uh, and and we've also you know got uh, Wood at BJR and, and, and these sort of things. Uh, Dick Johnson Racing obviously had their launch at, at Lakeside today. Um, but, you know, news there because uh, the sponsorship was already locked into place. Uh, and as were the drivers. So uh, the real interest, I think, from a journalist's point of view, for, for me, is always where a driver's going to end up. And uh, we know all that now. So uh, it's just time to get the clips all underway and, and watch the racing. Mm. Well, of course, Stefan, interest, uh, there's a rumour going around that the grid might bounce back to 26. Uh, I find it hard to believe when V8 Supercars announced last week that it was definitely 25. Yeah, that was a, uh, a strange one that they did that. They seem to be pretty keen to draw a line underneath it um, when it's not uh, it's not that black and white. There's still obviously talks going on with uh, Turn to Alberto Racing and their racing entitlements contract and uh, Techno Autosports to potentially uh, link up and, and run the second car there. Um, whether they can get the funding for it remains to be seen, but it would certainly be a good thing to... Uh, see those guys still in the game and, and another car on the grid so they'll obviously miss the Sydney test regardless of whether they can get a deal done um, and at this point they'll need board dispensation to um, allow the entry in but uh, I think that has to be uh, pretty well insane to uh, knock it back if, uh, if those boys can get a deal together. Mm, it's going to be interesting. The test day uh, Stefan, I'll start with you because it's an interesting day for the fans, the walking up and down the track uh, at the halfway point in the lunchtime break has been a huge hit for V8 Supercars along with the free entry. Yeah, it's been good to see how well supported that um, has been in, in Western Sydney over the last uh, last year and whenever else we did it. But um, yeah, we're going there twice obviously this year with, uh, with the race meeting as well. Um, but in terms of, yeah, punters on the grid, we uh, used to see that all the time in the old super touring days where they had uh, they had grid walks. The uh, crowd at those meetings weren't quite as big as the V8 meetings, but it was certainly uh, a good uh, a good concept for the fans and something I'm surprised that V8s haven't really engaged with more. So, um, yeah, a lot of buzz around it, obviously, as we were talking about before, with, with uh, new liveries and drivers in new teams and new engineering partnerships and, and all of those factors together. So um, it really has something for everyone from the very casual fan to the uh, hardened observer. Mm. What is interesting, of course, is that there's only one real rookie in the field this year, John, uh, and he's not even Australian. Yeah, and I guess, I guess it's the, the one that uh, none of us know a, a great deal about. Um, I mean... Uh, unless, of course, you're, you're familiar with, uh, uh, with with European racing and, and done for, for Peugeot, I mean, uh, for Volvo, I should say, um, over there. So, uh, really, he's an unknown to me. Um, I, I admit I, I know very little about him, but he's got a very young, quick, and uh, growing and experienced teammate in, in Scott McLaughlin. And um, 
I, I guess he'll be really hoping he doesn't sort of suffer a similar fate to, to what Alex has. Um, although Alex has uh, it up there for, for the Enduro uh, for, for this year. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But um, uh, maybe he'll turn and, and have a, a sensational uh, rookie season. What do you think about the uh, announcement that Alex Premer will be running for Gary Rogers' Volvo Racing at the Enduro, Stefan? Well, that uh, obviously happened when we were at the Bathurst 12 hour. We've just got back, so I haven't really uh, dug too much behind that one. But um, as a yeah, as a as an outside look, I would say that it uh, potentially indicates that Gary Rogers was um, pretty happy to keep him on. It was. It was pretty clear that Gary didn't have much uh, much say in the Robert Dalgren decision, um, and yeah, Alex uh, got got beaten by his rookie teammate last year, which is never a good look. He's shown at least a bit of a bit of speed and flair in the cars. Um, last year at Bathurst, he put the thing in a shootout and then was in a very good position before they had that fuel filler drama. So um, he's certainly a good endurance signing and. Um, whether he deserves to be in the in the seat full time or not is, uh, I guess, a redundant conversation now. But the other the other thing to probably mention there is um, he's done about ten races or so as a enduro co-driver now. But um, Nick Perkett um, is as good as a as a rookie. You'd probably you'd probably say so. He'll be uh, someone to watch as well. Yeah, of course. It's taken him a little while to uh, break through. Won Bathurst in 2011, obviously, and did a lot of DVS. But I think that move to Kura Cup actually. Uh, Helped uh, helped him a little bit, um, just refining his uh, his talent there. So he'll be one to watch. Yeah, of course, it's hard to think of a Bathurst winner as a rookie, John. It is, and uh, I, I think Nick more than uh, most of his peers around him, as he's had to see the likes of uh, you know Chaz Mostert, uh, Tim Blanch, uh, Pepper Glockman, uh Scott Pye, all these sort of guys graduate to the main game uh, when you know he himself. He's an Australian Formula Ford champion. He's been running at the front uh, of the development series of Carrera Cup. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a race winner in those series. He's been a title contender. Uh, and as you say, the, the biggest prize of all is that won the Baptist 1000. And, and you know, he, he's had to wait several years uh, for his chance. Um, he's been rewar- rewarded for his loyalty, I think, to Walkinshaw and, and vice versa. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes, I guess, in what is the fourth car uh, in that team. But to me, that's an interesting dynamic. Will uh, it benefit Walkinshaw having four cars, or will it be a, a bad thing for the team? Uh, I guess only time will tell. Uh, but I, I know Nick is very, very determined to do well. He believes uh, he can do very well. And, uh, I, you know, I'm sure he'll be you know, right up there... You know, with, with Chaz and, and Scott as a, as a shining light this season, well, well, I hope that's what happens anyway. Mm. Well, we do need to wrap it up here and uh, the white flag lap up next with Jeremy Moore. But uh, for the moment, looking forward to seeing you both at Sydney Motorsport Park for the test day. Stefan Bartholomeus and, of course, John Bannon. Thanks, Craig. See you there. Thanks, Craig. Looking forward to seeing you guys then. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, brought to you by Munro Shock Absorbers, Jeremy Moore talks about the engineering of the Ferrari to a victory at the Bathurst 12-hour and what he's looking forward to in this year's V8 Supercar Championship. Jeremy Moore, congratulations. Another Bathurst win for yourself and in a Ferrari. Did you ever imagine yourself as a Ferrari engineer? No, not at all. Uh, I didn't really know until uh, probably a couple of months ago that I was going to get the call up and um, yeah, loved it. It's just a totally different world. Changing, uh, change of scenery but change of car. It's, a, it's as good as a holiday. You learn different things to improve yourself and and hopefully I've um, helped the guys out to, to learn how to make car a bit better. So I think it was a bit of a win-win situation. Plus you got to get some data and some information about the new track here at Bathurst. Absolutely. I uh, don't know how much it will transpose to our cars, but definitely being here on the ground and seeing the track itself, uh, the bumps, how they've been reduced a slight amount, the kerbs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great insight into for the round uh, at Bathurst in October. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. When we talk about V8 supercars, of course, the test day is coming up next weekend. Yep. How have you felt your off-season has been on development of the new generation car? Good, actually. Um, generally, we're trying to go flat-out building cars for customers and just um, productionising everything, not actually developing improving the car, whereas this year we had a, good, a bit of time to look over and what we can improve, not just to make it faster, but also to make it easier to, uh, to fix, easier to, uh, to change things and, and uh, better maintenance. Uh, so, no, it's been great. Um, nothing really visual, of course. They all look the same still from the outside, but it's under the skin, hopefully, that uh, we've made a few improvements here and there. And, of course, you've got a slight change of role in your responsibility away from the track absolutely yeah so now chief, chief designer it's uh it's good actually of being um i've always enjoyed the, the designing side of things because uh, you can you can't really uh, engineer a, a poorly designed car so it's always good to get the the groundwork right back of the workshop uh i've always done a lot of design and uh, I, I enjoy bolting new parts of the cars and seeing them perform or not to, to go and uh, improve it so uh yeah i'm really looking forward to it does it increase your workload uh, significantly uh not significantly no um I think uh, I've got, we've got a good bunch of designers there. We, you don't really have to micromanage. They've been around there f- um, for f- several years. They know what they're doing, so it's really just to make sure everyone, everyone's pointing in the, in the same direction. This is probably the easiest off-season potentially in five years because you've always been making new cars, either changing brands or new generation. Absolutely. So that's why we could spend some time in, in actually trying to improve the performance of the car. So uh, we'll see in uh, only another or less than a week's time at Eastern Creek whether we've done the right thing or not. Hopefully we have. I'm, I'm sure we've done the right thing. But, um, yeah, really looking forward to uh, all the little tweaks we've done here and there and hopefully for another uh, good year. And would it take much arm twisting to get you back doing more engineering for other uh, other endurance races? Absolutely not. I think not much at all. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, Especially if you can convince me to go over to Nürburgring or Le Mans pretty easily, I think. Well, they're on Craig's bucket list too. Absolutely, mine as well. That's all we have time for this week on the show as the chequered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.